uh, as we speak right now, uh, Abdullahi, close to 1 million children are out of school. Uh, as we speak right now, uh, Abdullahi, close to 1 million children are out of school in, in the northern parts of Kenya, uh, either due to insecurity or issues raised by uh, problems caused by the, by, uh, by the drought right now or uh, other factors uh, like uh, even the COVID uh, pandemic. So many issues, a concussion of various problems has caused challenges to the school-going children. And uh, this is an issue that we have really been grappling with. Uh, and as you know, particularly in the northeastern part of Kenya, that many teachers had moved out of that region uh, due to the insecurity caused by, uh, by Al-Shabaab. So the national government uh, has been slow in responding to this. At the FCDC, we have been putting our level best efforts uh, to get this uh, resolved uh, by finding ways of uh, bringing more teachers to the region. And uh, even though we may not have succeeded very quickly, but we are seeing that there are possibilities uh, coming. So these are some of the efforts we are putting in place. Uh, but generally, uh, Abdullahi, um, uh, the FCDC region is, as I said, an area that has been excluded for, for decades and decades. Uh, our problems are not few. <laughs> they are myriads and myriads of issues. Uh, for us to resolve each and every one of them will require massive interventions in form of what I will even think will be a Marshall Plan, um, infrastructure, issues of water, issues of healthcare, issues of education, security, energy. So population, yeah, most of our youth, uh, most of our population uh, are youth over 70%, uh, people who are the age, below the age of 35. Uh, this can be a blessing, but also, it can also be a curse, depending on how we handle it. So we, we, are, we, are, we are facing a huge challenge, climate change issues, uh, as you mentioned, the drought. So we, we, we have to look for ways of finding a solution to all this. Uh, I'm not saying other parts of the country don't have challenges, but we have more than I think our fair share of these challenges. One of the aspects that now that you've mentioned about, you know, lack of investment and as well as, you know, uh, marginalization that started with the colonial period, post-colonial period, and the, the time before devolution. Now with devolution, one of the aspects that is coming out is the question around, is marginalization now in some of these counties, does it have a local flavor? It's one thing um, to oppose uh, one man, one vote, one shilling, but how about the accountability of some of the money that goes to the counties. For instance, in Marseille County, at least give or take, they receive 9 billion from the exchequer every year. So by, the, by, by next election, Marseille would have received around 45 billion. You know, if you add um, a constituency development fund, if you add actors like yourself and multilateral actors that come into Northern Kenya, that is a lot of money. Um, how do you guys manage this and what should, you know, the leadership at the county level in your interaction, what, what do you think they should do to be able to say, continue giving us money while simultaneously ensuring that there is accountability? 
you know, there is a question of equity. This is a money that we've been promised and it should come down because we need to catch up with the rest. But the money that we, 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 we receive, not as charity, but as right, is also used very well. Yeah, uh, thank you. I think uh, you're right. We, 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 there's a big uh, difference between where we are now and where we have been, uh, let's say, a decade ago. Um, a decade ago, the whole of this FCDC region was getting such a small amount of uh, funds from the national government, you will not even believe. Some counties were getting less than 100 million shillings the whole year, and that included payment of salaries. So there's a big difference between now and then. Certainly, I agree with you on that. Uh, but then we also need to look at this in context. Um, um, what happened is that uh, after the promulgation of the constitution and the county governments came into place, what happened is that there was a huge surge of, uh, of, of employments within the counties. Um, many of the counties started recruiting their own people or other people as well. Uh, to fill in the gaps by, uh, for example, skilled, uh, you know, people to fill. For example, I'll give you an example. Siolo County, where I come from, uh, before devolution, we only had about two or doctors, at most three. Today, Abdullah, we have 32 doctors and consultants and experts. You can see, and, and all this costs money. Yeah. I, I will not see we don't. I will not say we don't need those doctors. We need them. Probably we might even need more. Uh, the, the the doctors therefore are there. We have increased the number of people who have been employed in healthcare in general. Uh, they have almost doubled or even tripled. Uh, other counties were also not left behind. Uh, they are having exactly the same situation in all sectors. They have managed to recruit skilled workers to fill in the gap. Because, uh, frankly speaking, these workers were needed then, but. They were due to what you are now calling marginalization, they were not there. And, and another issue was many of the people, experts, never wanted to come to our region because they considered it a hardship area. Uh, they, they, they thought going to Marsabit is like you're going to die. <laughs> it's the end, <laughs> the end of the world. So they really didn't want to, to go and work in Marsabit. But now, in, fa in fact, there is part of Marsabit. In fact, there is part of Marsabit yes. where you're yes. sent as a punishment. Yes. If, yes. You, if you have disciplinary <laughs> ground, you are sent yes. there. GOK exactly. cars comes only once yeah. a month to bring the salary. Yes. <laughs> big salary. It's the Siberia. <laughs> to take away part. stuff. Yes. <laughs> so, so that is that is what has happened in northern Kenya. So, uh, many of these skilled workers, uh, sadly, even sometimes our own uh, local, you know, people uh, preferred to go and work in more comfortable areas. Um, so county government somehow mitigated on this and, and managed to hire. One way or the other, either through incentives or, or for other reasons, people trickled back. Uh, there was a push back, uh, you know, or a pull in, uh, you know, efforts. And, and that has increased the number of bureaucrats within our counties. And, and of course that leads to, to costs. So for example, out of the 9 billion or so that Marsabit County now gets, um, I can tell you over close to a half of that will go to payment of now remunerations for these people. Uh, a part of it will go on making sure that their work becomes easier by giving them you know, some overhead costs. 
So what is left over for development is is probably uh, in line with the national, uh, you know, uh, directions uh, benchmark, which is about 30% of the total budget. And and when you look at 30% of of nine billion, that will come to below three billion shillings. And and when you look at that in the context of Marsabit County, uh, we might think that that's a lot of money. But the reality is that uh, it still remains a drop in the ocean, uh, considering the expansive nature of that county, over 77,000 square kilometers, and people spread all over. You know, one, one misfortune that we have, Abdullah, and I think, I don't know how we can correct, is that we have the tendency of putting people in these small settlements far apart. Yes. And, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, serving these people is, is expensive. Um, is twice the size of Rwanda. <laughs> yes, I can agree. I can agree. In fact, Marsabit alone, uh, when you combine it with 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 Turkana, they make up quarter of Kenya. Kenya, the Republic of Kenya. They are a quarter of the Republic of Kenya. Yeah, the so 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 that's a big county, and uh, uh, the amount of money we are talking about, in as much as it may look in wholesome large sums of money, but in effect, when you spread it around. It is not so so much. The other part, uh, Abdullah, sometimes in this discussion and narrative that we tend to forget, is uh, of course counties now get fifteen percent of the revenue, uh, uh, which sometimes even the disbursement uh, are quite disappointing. I should say, uh, but but what happens now with eighty five percent, you know, of the other sums of money that still is being held at the national level? A large part of that doesn't come to our region. We, we need to really commission a study to see uh, what level of the 85% being held at the national level still trickles down to our area because we have a right to that amount uh, to those funds. Uh, the other failure on the part of national government is the release of the equalization fund, which is a constitutional uh, you know, requirement. But so far, uh, those monies have not been expended uh, to debt. What has been spent has been very marginal. So once again, we are seeing uh, the, the inability or the unwillingness on the part of the national government to, 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 to execute uh, its responsibilities uh, with regards to fulfilling the constitutional mandate. So and I, I think uh, it's, you're right. We, we, we need to have proper governance system in place to ensure that every and each cent brought to this region is well spent. Uh, and, and I cannot forge and say that sometimes misappropriation doesn't happen. It does. In as much as it happens at the national government, uh, this being now almost some kind of a national culture, you'll most certainly uh, expect it also to happen. Uh, even at, at, at the grassroots and at the devolved units. But, but this is something we need to really um, find ways of managing it and ensure that uh, you know we are able to prudently use our resources for the benefit of our people. Uh, but, uh, but just to conclude on this, I will say uh, probably what we receive as share of revenue in as much as it looks much, but it's still very small uh, in considering the needs and, and, and the fact that we have been left behind development-wise for, for many, many decades. We, we need to catch up and we need much more money than that. So our counties have to pull up their socks, uh, find alternative means of, you know, on-source revenue uh, by attracting uh, investors. But then again, these investors will require 
some form of infrastructure, which counties alone cannot, you know, uh, achieve. So we, we have uh, quite, you know, our menu is quite large. Thank you. Uh, the final yeah. question, I know it's, um, it's getting a little bit late. The final yeah. question is, you know, we're going into the next election. Um, a lot of the time, just like uh, any, uh, any other aspect, the, the, these communities or these regions are seen as non-important. Um, to what extent that is shifting um, because of the shifting national politics where, um, you know, certain candidates now uh, are priming themselves to be the pastoralist candidate at the national level at least. And, you know, how can that be done in a way that, you know, the pastoralist communities benefit? You know, it's not enough for pastoralist communities always to be thought of as, a, uh, as an afterthought. Let's, let's divide everything and say, oh, yeah, these guys can fill in here. So how can that be, how can the pastoral leadership, including the parliamentary, uh, pastoral parliamentary working group and all other, you know, coalitions and formations that come under or work with FCDC can, can, can leverage their numbers, you know, every vote, every vote counts yeah. at this stage yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, true, true. And, and, and absolutely, I agree with you. Um, uh, in Kenyan competitive politics, it's about uh, about coalitions, about uh, working together. Uh, there is no one single region in Kenya that can assume leadership at the top without support from other regions. So coalition forming between regions it has been has been a common practice in Kenya since our independence. Um, and, and I also agree with you. Sometimes our region has not really coming together as one united you know, uh, group like the other parts of this country to negotiate as a single block. That has not happened uh, before. Uh, we have always been fragmented. Um, there was an attempt back in 2015 uh, during our, our previous um, leadership summit, the Pastoralist Leadership Summit in Isiolo. We had proposed uh, to come up with a pastoralist uh, party of Kenya. PPK, uh, but then unfortunately that was scuttled, partly also weakness from our end. Some of our leaders uh, were not welcoming this, uh, but then now we are seeing again uh, at this time, just one year before the election, our leaders again are coming to group up. Uh, you have heard of the OPA movement, uh, which has come together to chart the course for, for this part of the country. We have the other wing that is, uh, you know, uh, working closely with uh, with the deputy president. That also thinks that we we need to to ally ourselves on that end. Then we have a third group now that has emerged a few days ago under the leadership of uh, of uh, my chairman and the governor of Mandera, uh, Ali Roba, who had formed a party called the UDM, uh, United United Democratic Movement which he also thinks that we can rally behind. But I think in the end, whichever way you think, we must come together as a group. We can't survive in this competitive politics if we are divided uh, and we will have no weight as such. Uh, and, and I will just appeal maybe to our leaders to, to rethink. Sometimes they are carried away by personal differences, unfortunately. Uh, but I think if they could just set aside some of those personal uh, issues 
and look at the common good, we might be able to, 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 to leverage bigger stake in the government of Kenya. Uh, so, so I'm just hoping, and, and uh, from the FCDC, silently we shall uh, try and bring our people together. Uh, we, we as ourselves are a non-political institution, so we, we cannot come out strongly as an institution to advocate for any, any side of politics. But certainly the interest of our people is for us paramount, and uh, we still have a duty to implore on our leaders to, to join hands and form a united front. Mm -hmm.